Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Josh Allen is coming. You ready? Step Daze is coming. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Uh. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? No. Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? No. I don't see nobody stopping us. No. Number one, no one on top uh. of us. What they gonna do in Matt Milano coming with the blitz off the edge. Yeah. Don't you throw it in the air, cause Trey White and Micah High were intercepts. Von Miller getting double team, now the team getting easy sacks. Russo with the double moves, coming straight for the quarterback. Take him down, take him down. McDermott Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again. Welcome to another edition of the Recall Report brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. Welcome, folks. For those that are tuning in from Outside the United States, Canada, out east in Asia, Europe, Africa, wherever you guys are tuning in from. Because I know you can't get Bill's content everywhere. And a lot of places and a lot of people say that this is their source. So join us. Hit that smash button. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. We will be able to give you the best Bill's content. That'll keep you entertained. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. We've got another show. I'm excited. We've got a couple more weeks of this preseason business. A couple more weeks of this preseason business. So far, we went unscathed first game, no injuries, and that's what we want. That is what we want. We're not looking to get, you know what I'm saying, any major injuries and things that will derail our season. We just don't want that. And so far, so good. And, that's, and we want to keep it that way. And we're getting guys healthy. Trey White, potentially, you just never know. I mean, we, we, we cut down our roster. You know what I'm saying? We we got rid of a, a cut. I mean, I, I hate to say got rid. Uh, we we gave, this is the best way I can put it. We gave opportunities to players to catch on to other teams. Is that is is that the best way I can put it? Uh, so a couple corners let go. I mean, and one of them already found a home. Uh, I think regulators, Elijah already found one. He's already, well, he's scooped up by the Giants. Elijah's gone. Uh, Tim Harris was let go, and then a few other other players that it just it just wasn't. Markel Lee was one that could have made some some noise, but it's just we're just too deep on this team. We're just too deep. It's just what it what it comes down to. Um, and it's weird for me to even say it's deep. We're a deep team um, because it's been a while since I could really say that. I mean, we we've, we've been on the cusp. We've been on the cusp of being a solid team. But dude, when you look around, left, right. You know what I'm saying? There's really not a lot of glaring weaknesses. And kudos to the management team, man. They've they've put together a team that is going to not only compete, but really push uh for the Super Bowl. Really push. I mean, we're we we coming for you coming for people's necks right now. So I'm I'm very pleased. So um folks, 
I'm not going to dwell on last game. Last game was good. It's preseason. It was some really good things. Um, Cash, my man Cash says Jaden Wadmeyer was a little surprising. I mean, you never know. He might get brought back to the practice squad. Uh, That you never know about. But it goes to show you that just it wasn't, uh, I mean, Quentin Morris stood out. That's what it comes down to. Quentin Morris stood out, and uh, we go from there. So, hey, listen, Tommy Sweeney, they like Tommy Sweeney. You know what I'm saying? They, they brought in O.J. Howard. So, like, there wasn't going to be much room for him to be on the roster. So, you had to let him go. Now, could he come back to the practice squad? We shall see. We shall see. But, nonetheless, uh, we got a packed show for us tonight, guys. Uh, prop bets. I don't know I don't know how often or how many of y'all uh, take part in betting um, and having fun in betting, right? I mean, it's your team, and we always speculate on how many yards someone's going to throw for, how many touchdowns. We're going to rush for how many sacks we're going to get. Uh, so we'll get into that chatter uh, a little after. Um, it was uh, PFN had uh, had a link up to uh, all the prop bets uh, possible. So uh, we're going to we're going to look into that, man. Ev, uh, if you get them all queued up a little later, then we'll uh, we'll we'll queue them up one by one. But uh, we got we're going to get into it, man. So the, we, we trim the roster from 90 down to 85 um, players that you know, saying that take that need to take a leap this this upcoming game. I think it's it's crucial. Uh, this one's a big one. We're most most likely going to see starters play now. How much they play, how long they play, that is going to be a whole different ballgame because you can't have your quarterback not play whatsoever and then all of a sudden expect him to you know what I mean perform. I mean, yes, he's a professional, but I mean, get let let him get his feet wet. They're saying against the opposition and and go from there. So we might see a little bit of JA seventeen. This up and go is this up, up upcoming game against the Denver Broncos. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, we'll also uh, dive into what to make of this kick return punt return situation. Like, really and truly, this is wide open. There's not one person that's that can say, you know what, I have the advantage over top of it because everyone's getting getting a turn to return kicks and punts. So who's gonna sit there and and really take over this position? And really take over and and show who's boss, really and truly, because that's a that position right there is an alpha position. It really is, and it's going to sound weird that I say that it's an alpha position because you're back there, especially as a punt returner. You've got to have the cojones to sit there and and as these guys are barreling down on you to not only have the the likes of concentrating on that football, but receiving that football and then quickly diagnosing and making your decision right knowing where the blocks is supposed to be left right are we doing punt return middle but nonetheless that's that's a position that it takes it takes the cojones to really be back there so who's gonna step up and i'll tell you right now my man dante jenkins just stepped up right now and became a part of the bing squad dante jenkins bing biggity bing let's go welcome to the bing squad my g folks if you want to jump in and part, be part of the Big Squad, it's that simple. There's that little click at the at the bottom right, I believe, and it allows you. Now, if you don't know how to do that, also, you can just go to supportbf.com. It's that simple. Let's go. So, folks, nonetheless, we're going to talk about the kick return position. Um, and uh, was Isaiah Hodgins' performance good enough for him to rattle the cages a little bit, for him to kind of Pers- you know, persuade management to say, wait a minute now, I think we got something here. I think we got something here. And Isaiah Hodges, I think he's put it together. Could we be in that position? Has he 
has he put enough pressure on the likes of Kumaro? I know some folks think it's not about Kumaro, it's about special teams, but we have enough special teams players on this team that if we were to move on from the likes of Jay Kumaro, would we bat an eye? I mean, you got Saran Neal, you got potentially Taiwan Jones, you got Tyler Matakavich. I mean, those are, those are some ballers out there, man. So we got some guys that can really get down there. So we'll see, we'll see how this plays off. We definitely will see how this plays off. But uh, Hodge and Kumaro, man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tight one. Now most people don't think it, it is. They think that it's safe and sound that Kumaro's got this, and it's about are we keeping another a linebacker? Are we keeping another DB? But what? A, why can't it be about the receivers, right? Did Kumaro really give us something last year uh, when it came to the receiving position? Did he stand out to you guys? Right. Maybe they felt like, you know what? I've seen what I need to see from him. I've seen it and it's, it's, it's okay. It's good. But Isaiah Hodgins, he's got the, the youth on his side. We, we brought him to the team. We drafted him. That was our guy. We scouted him. We wanted him. He's on our squad. And he put a lot of pressure on folks this last, this past game. So uh, we'll get, we'll get all, we'll get into all of that. But um, I do want to mention uh, a couple things um, that I found quite interesting. Uh, in this last game, dude, the interior of our freaking defensive line is going to be a problem for a lot of these quarterbacks. It's going to be a problem for all these quarterbacks, man. Just looking back at hundreds of tweets, hundreds of tweets, and there's one that stood out the most, and that was a clip. That was a clip of Tim Settle. And Tim Settle, I don't know how. I don't know what he ate that morning. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened to this man, but this brother was on something in this game. And he's going up against Quentin Nelson. And Quentin Nelson is, is a, he is no slouch. He's one of the best in the game. And he, he will bully you if he needs to. But boy, oh boy, was the bully shirt on the other side, right? And Tim Settle decided to put that, that bully shirt on. And my man just simply just jacked up Quentin Nelson and made Quentin Nelson look like Bobby Hart. You know what I mean? He just pushed his ass back. There was no chance for Nelson to anchor. It was just too much power. I don't know if he didn't expect it coming, but if you could do something like that to Quentin Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a force in the middle. And that was, that was Quentin Nelson that got pushed back. So imagine the guys that are not Quentin Nelson and Tim settles on that. Uh, boy, you better watch out. And then now you add the starters. You add in Vaughn Miller, you add in Ed Oliver. Dude, Tim Settle ate his Flutie Flakes that morning. You damn right, Eric B. Whatever he ate, keep it up. But it, it's, it, there's furthermore for me is there were moments and there were games where, like, there were teams where I did not want to see. I did not want to see. And there's two teams specifically that I did not want to see if we had to face them uh, in the playoffs or even late in the season, right? And the Colts were one of them because Jonathan Taylor just absolutely ran all over us. And we know that. We saw that. They had, they didn't, he, he did not care for our feelings whatsoever. And there were there were moments that potentially we would have had, we would have had to play them again. I'm so glad we didn't, right? Go to the Browns. Had the Browns had a more successful season, if we for some reason had to play the Browns, Nick Chubb. Fam, like that, that would have been a problem for us. And not because our defense wasn't good. It's just that 
we didn't we don't we didn't fare well against these these good runners. We didn't fare well. We got I mean look, go to Tennessee. Tennessee. You know who's over there? King Henry. Ran all over us. Ran all over us, right? So like it's it's one of those things that we we, we bottle him as much as we can and then boom, he takes off and gets a big one and, and that's all it takes. Is a, is a nice run, and then you get momentum from a running back, and it's, it's over with. Momentum from the running back, momentum from the guards, guard play, the offensive tackle play, and then you keep going. So these very teams with these strong running games always gave us issues, always gave us issues, man. So it's uh, it's really nice the fact that, the, I mean, management realized, okay, we need to freaking figure this thing out. So what do they do? Daquan Jones. From the Titans, they bring him back, and he was part of that that wonderful play for the Titans on their side. But unfortunately for us, where Josh Allen tried to you know me sneak that thing in, and a combination of him slipping, combination of the Quan Jones coming in and handling his business, that makes that made a huge difference. So what do we do? We go and pick that up. Come on over to Buffalo. That's that's something we need. Tim Settle. Fortunately for us, the Washington Commanders. Didn't have, you know, say they didn't want to resign him. They didn't want to bring him back because it just would have been too too costly. For, and number one, they have some they have some talent on the team. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Uh, at the time, Lionitis was on that squad. So like there were some, there were some, they had some dogs on that squad. So you're saying another, and I don't want, I'm not saying they're calling him trash, but another man's trash is another man's treasure. And that's exactly what's happened to us. So the Quan Jones, Tim Settle, then you bring him back, Jordan Phillips. What he had nine and a half sacks. Uh, his last stint with the Bills, and they brought him back. So they really want to establish that you aren't going to run up against us. You're not going to run up against us. And it was clear. It was clear as day with the additions. And, and we saw very good clips of that this past game. Now we're going up against a, a stout Denver team, a very stout Denver team, and we'll get more into that uh, on Friday's show. But a very good Denver team is going to be that's showing up, right? They're going to be playing a little bit more. And you got my guy, you know me, Russ Wilson, let's ride. Let's ride Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be fun to see how we adjust, how we're, we're going to be adjusting to, um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a little bit more potent uh, offense. They got some dogs on that. Javante Williams is out there, and that boy runs like a freaking dog. You know what I'm saying? So Ingram is back there as well. So we'll see. We'll, uh, Melvin is, is, is – we'll see how this these, these all pan out for us. But nonetheless, I love the fact that we, we, we made the interior of the line stout. Because we already know what we have in the backfield. We know what we've got. we got two great safeties. We have awesome safeties. And shoot, it's just a matter of everybody lining up and doing their damn job. Do their job. And just like my man Kevin Snyder just did, he did his damn job. He did his damn job by subscribing and becoming part of the Bing Squad. Bing, biggity, bing. Welcome to the Bing Squad, my G. Kevin Snyder, I appreciate you. It doesn't go unnoticed, and it's very much appreciated. Hit that bell. Let's go. All right, folks, let's get right into the mess. All right. Um, we trim the fourth, they're trimming the roster. We we've got some more trimming to do. It's gonna be tough finding who else to release and who else to cut. We gotta get down. We gotta knock it down some more. We gotta get down to 53, folks. We have to get down to 53. So these next games are crucial. They're crucial, but for who specifically? And that's that's where I want I want to jump into that right now. So um, let's jump into what players take the leap first of Broncos. Who needs to take the leap? Who needs to make that move happen? 
uh, in order to shake things up and make management go, damn, I thought I thought I had that down pat. I mean, didn't we agree that we would? Okay, so he's changed your mind as well. Okay, so he's changed your mind too. Okay, so here we are. And that's what you want every damn year. You want someone to stand out. Now, a lot of times there's the underdog, right? We always want that underdog to come in and, and do well, right? Uh, Duke Williams is one. Uh, uh, Brad, uh, Brad, was it uh, Ridley? Uh, Ridley was one, uh, the receiver. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Excuse Brandon Riley. I said Ridley. Brandon Riley was one that we loved Brandon Riley. We thought that Brandon Riley was going to be that guy. And we pushed, we pushed. We want Brandon Riley, right? So there's always that that underdog that we push for. Who's this year's underdog, right? Who's going to take that leap? Well, I'm going to say this, man. I know who the pressure's on. I definitely know who the, the pressure's on. The pressure's on right now uh, on AJ Epinesa. You're going into, what, fourth year? You got drafted in, what, 2020? So you're going to the third year, excuse me. So there, there's, there's time, but Brandon Bean was like, fam, I don't know if we do have enough time. I brought in guys that make differences off the bat, off the rip. And an indicative to that was when we drafted, not only did we draft Carlos Basham, but you bring in Greg Rousseau. So that, that was a big move. And then some, some folks might say, well, no, nah, that didn't have anything to do with, with bringing in episode. I think it did because we even questioned, and if you're going to be keep it real, did we not question when we drafted Epinesa when we, when we drafted him? We're like, what? Okay, I know we didn't have a first-round pick because we got we got um, Stefan Diggs, but Epinesa, really? Okay, I guess they see something we don't see because how many times have we drafted someone and we're like, oh man, we don't know about that. Like Gabe Davis, we wouldn't have known Gabe Davis was going to be what Gabe Davis is right now. So maybe that was Epinesa. You just never know these days, right? So it's it's something that uh, that can can really can really surprise a lot of people. Um, and, and I want to, I want to bring my man, uh, Ev on, I want to, I want Ev's, uh, thought on this because, uh, I think he might have, uh, some, some interesting, uh, nuggets to, to drop on us. So let me bring my man, Ev on. Ev, how you doing, bud? Hey, what's going on? I'm good, but Hey, the mic is on. Everything's straight. We love it. So we're, we're talking who needs to take that leap. Who, who's got the pressure on them? Is there someone that stands out to you, um, going into week two of preseason? Because now tight time is getting tight. Well, I think you had a good one to mention it off and kick it off with AJ Epinesa. You know, that's a guy yep. going into his third season and really hasn't taken that next step. But the player that, you know, I think that needs to step up and take the next sort of leap is uh, a free agent that we brought in this offseason. And that's OJ Howard. OJ Howard has just been non-existent for the Buffalo Bills, not only in training camp, but in the first preseason game that he took, you know, in place for the Buffalo Bills. Now, the thing with OJ Howard, is I'm not expecting this guy to have some highlight reel big play every single week or every single day. You know, that's just, you know, trying to overcomplicate things and just have super high expectations for no reason. But I have not heard OJ Howard's name to the littlest extent, even in the smallest parts in training camp. Like you, you look through all the beat reporters notes. I've been at camp as well. Like you don't even hear his name. The only time you hear OJ Howard's name is where they're like, when is OJ Howard going to step up? I think I saw him have one catch at training camp and it was in one-on-ones. It was against a corner, which is cool, but like that's one-on-ones, you know, the whole field's open. Like, what are you doing? And there's one play in particular that really kind of just catches my eyes. Okay. When you saw 
Quentin Morris catch that 29-yard pass from mm-hmm. Matt Barkley mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, those are the type of plays that I expect out of a guy like O.J. Howard. But you got the four-string tight end and Quentin Morris making those plays. And many people consider O.J. Howard, uh, you know, the tight end two on this team. And O.J. Howard was a guy who was taking first-team reps as the tight end two in 12, 13, and even 22 personnel packages. But then you also saw O.J. Howard, you know, going in in the fourth quarter with the Did third stringers. I caught that. I saw that. I a like, lot of people saw that. Howard doing on the field? I was like, well, what's, what's going on there? I don't like that. Yeah, and- if you were, you're you're a big part of a squad, you're a big part of a team, all right, man, hit the showers. You're done. Like, I don't I don't need to see you. We, we, we got it. We got everything we need to see now. Why he went in, who knows? Maybe somebody needed a breather and they brought him in real quick. I don't know. Um, but the fact that they let go of Widemeyer, maybe that tells us something. Um, but Jordan Howard, uh, you saw me, you got me saying Jordan Howard. OJ Howard. Howard, um, really does, um, does he need to step up? I don't know. I think they like him not only for his pass catching ability, but I mean, a lot of double tight end. We might be doing a lot of double tight end, right? So he comes in as all right, an extra guy to come in and put some hands on some defensive fronts and, and really block. Um, and he's not a bad blocker. He can, he can actually get hands on people. So we'll see how that plays out, but I can't really, I mean, Scott Blakely said it right here. And I, and I said, I, I echo that sentiment. OJ Howard is our new and younger Lee Smith. He blocks. Stop looking for the highlights. Um, now, I will say this though: coming out of Alabama, it's and it's it's it sucks. But coming out of Alabama, you saw all you saw was big plays from Howard. So you're like, damn, like this guy's gonna be that dude. But a couple of injuries slows him down a little bit, and now he's part of a new system. So it's probably gonna take him some time to get going. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I had a hot take this summer. I mean, like this offseason, I said, yo, he might be our best offensive uh, tight end coming into this yeah. season. I said, boy, what? let me pull that back. Let me pull it back <laughs> a little bit and let's let this play out. But that's yeah. one way of looking at it. But I totally understand what you're saying too, Evan. Yeah. Another reason why I, I kind of have, you know, the reason for, for putting OJ Howard as a player that I, I think that can take a leap is because I've seen Tommy Sweeney and Quentin Morris make big plays throughout mm-hmm. camp and, and training camp. I've seen, uh, you know, Dawson Knox do his thing consistently, whether that's, you know, been in the red versus blue scrimmage or just in, in camp practices in general. Like, O.J. Howard has been super quiet, and I get it. He's a decoy. He's a solid blocker. He does his job as that tight end, too, in those 12, 13, whatever personnel packages. But at the end of the day, you, you are going out there to be a receiver. I would like you to create some separation, get downfield, and make a play or do something. I Because I, if, if we're taking... Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, or Gabe Davis off the field, or even Stefan Diggs. I I need you to be able to replicate what they can do if you're going to be in their spot, you know, as a receiver. So that's just me. No, and I, I get that part. And there's, there's so many ways that you can look at this. There's so many angles you can take from this. So we'll see how this this does affect as essentially play out because they did pay him some some good choice, some good coin. Um, and uh, they didn't they didn't just bring him in to just you know I mean dead money. That's guaranteed money that they gave him. So. I mean, I'm not, I don't think Bean's in the business to waste money. So we'll see, we'll see uh, if he steps his game up. Now, they did target him because would we be talking the way we're talking about OJ Howard now had he caught that touchdown that was a little overthrown uh, by our guy Case Keenum? So if he catches yes. that, okay, this is why we brought OJ Howard to the Bills. Big body, 6'6, six, six, big frame. These Bills are going to be something because that's what the chatter would have been. It would have been yeah. that. But ball was a little overthrown off his hands, and then we don't hear from him 
uh, going for. So like, yeah. I'm not ready to say he's a problem just yet. Um, but he, I mean, shit, he should have notice. He should have some notice. Like, hey, we got to step up. So for me, I like that you say that players that need to take the leap and step up. OJ Howard, show us a little something that make fans feel good. You know what I mean, make fans say, okay, now I see what we got. Uh, another yeah. another person I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna jump into. Obviously, Epinesa is one that I feel like show us something because Boogie Basham looked damn good. Boogie Basham looked damn good. There were some conversation that Boogie it was the more prepared pro over Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau was a lot of promise. You knew that he could be great and he can turn into a beast. But uh, Basham was a little more polished and it looked good. And I almost forgot that we we didn't have Jerry Hughes because 55 screaming around that corner. I was like, yo, who that? And that was like some behold, 2015 days. Right. So uh, lo and behold, it was Boogie Basham and he looked damn good. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more burst from Boogie. I'm seeing I'm looking forward to seeing polish along the way and, and, and learning. And like he's already doing what he's doing now. And wait till you have more time with Von Miller. Dude, this this defensive front is going to be scary. Um, now, let, let's flip over to the offense side of the ball. We're going to go to the slot receiver. Jamison Crowder. So a yes. lot of chatter right now is we didn't really see much from Jamison Crowder. And I can't believe I'm seeing this, but a lot of folks are talking about, yo, man, just it's time to move on. Like we got Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir looks like the real deal. Isaiah McKenzie really stole that spot. So why do we need Crowder? Um, I'm not in that, that boat that folks are talking about. Why do we need Crowder? I think Crowder is going to be a very big piece to us. Um, I think that it's going to be a lot of Crowder and Isaiah intertwined with one another. Yo, you're in, I'm in. You're in, I'm in. You'll never know what's going on with them. Khalil Shakir is just an ultimate receiver. He plays inside, he plays outside. That's the beautiful thing about having He's him. A dog. He, the guy's a straight dog, right? You can put him anywhere. That's beautiful about that. Crowder, on the other hand, I, 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 I think people are over, like, like Scott said, you can't want the highlights all the time. You can't love yes. the highlights all the time. It's just not, it's just not what it is, man. Sometimes it's just, it's it's when the game start and it really matters and you create that trust between you and your quarterback that's when we get to really gauge and 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 really uh what i'm looking for is really test out to see where these guys are at at this point of the offseason so we're going into week two so for me epinesa's one we talk about oj howard uh crowder i'd love to see i'd love to see them focus more and and and, and let us see something from crowder Right. I mean, it was unfortunate. I mean, that thing bounced off his hands is slightly behind, but I mean, he's got to come down with it. Boom. Interception. Um, so we'll see another one that we, I mean, why does we talk about it? Case Keenum. Yeah. Case Keenum, man, like settle down. Like I'm, I'm not ready to jump on this whole get Matt Barkley in to be our, our backup quarterback. Um, although he did have an excellent game and he, you know, he brought us back and, and so on and so forth, but, they didn't pay Case Keenan 3.5 for no reason. I think it's a little more than that. I think, I'm not sure exactly the amount, but they didn't pay him just to say, all right, see you later. Matt Barker's going to be our second guy. I, I just can't see it. Um, but he does have to settle down. Settle down. Make sure you can, you know what I mean? You're, you're learning the offense, but I think he was a little giddy. He was a little giddy. He started off pretty nice, and then all of a sudden he just was just, just throwing some wild, inaccurate throws, man. He threw that one on the back, tried to go back shoulder. What an atrocious throw. Like, dude. That was terrible. That's so atrocious. Keenum, give us something, man. Because if if God forbid Josh goes down, you're up, you're up, 
And uh, I don't, I don't know if I what I what you showed me the other day. I wasn't, I wasn't too too keen on that. Uh, my man Renaissance came in and says, "Yo, all you have to do is watch that long touchdown he had against us last year. Crowder will be just fine and will make plenty of plays this season." Well, I know exactly what play you're talking about, and let me just put it this way: somebody went for that tackle and missed grossly, and that was that Edmonds. Was our, you saw it, it was Edmonds. Edmonds yep. had him dead to rights. I don't know how he didn't wrap him up. I don't know how we didn't bring him down. And Crowder just bounced off him and gone. So, like, could that have happened? Who knows? But Ke- anyway, long story, I wanted to just get Keenum, Keenum's nonsense game out the way. Hopefully that, that was it for you, and you're going to step your game up going forward. But golly, my man, Keenum, step your game up. We need that. Uh, how did you feel about Blackshear? Raheem Blackshear. Raheem. So- Radio Raheem. How did you feel about Radio Raheem, man? So I, I'm just going to say this straight out. I think Raheem Blackshear is going to be kind of the new Christian Wade. Like, I feel like he's that type of player that is just under the radar. Not too many fans know about him, but he just kind of plays with that underdog mentality, right? You know, he was a UDFA. He didn't come in here as a high-profile draft pick. He didn't come in here as a high-profile free agent. He came in here as a UDFA into a backfield with three guys who were drafted in the third round or higher came into the backfield with another guy who was brought into a free agent for uh in Duke Johnson. So already at that point in time, you're the underdog. There's there's no point about it. You are the underdog. And Raheem Blackshear came out and performed. Right? He yeah. came out and performed. He had two touchdowns inside the red zone. He looked great after the catch as a receiving back. He's also yeah. looked great as a returner in camp. I don't know if he actually got any returns in the preseason game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he yeah. did. He did. Okay, he did. But he when in, in training camp, yeah, yeah, so he had one. But, but in training camp, he's looked great as a returner. He just has a different burst. He just he has does. a burst and, that many players don't have. What I liked from him was uh, was just his his ability to catch the ball and, and, and rack and run after the catch. I was like, okay, so this guy doesn't go down on one shot. You ain't going to get him down on one shot, and he will make you miss. I love seeing that. Um, you say Christian Wade. Uh, I yeah, think not that type of player. I just, I, I kind of think of like the situation where he's, you know, on the brink of, you know, doing stuff in preseason, but like, is there a realistic spot? He makes the roster maybe mm. here, maybe there more of a practice squad guy. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like as an actual player, there's other guys you can compare him to, but no, just the sure. situation, I, I guess. I, I see more like a, like we just lost uh Tony Williams, Antonio Williams to uh, the giants. I feel like it's, it's not because of play wise more because we know he could play. I mean, he showed it. But it's just there's no room for him, so we might have to release him and then bring him back on the practice squad. Like there's gonna be a whole bunch of things that play out, but uh, he looked good, promising. Like you, I wouldn't be scared to put him in a game if I mean some of our guys went down. So it, it was it was something that that really did stand out to me. Um, but looking more towards uh, the defensive side of the ball, uh, who, who needs to take a leap? There needs to be one that comes out from Elam and Benford. And here's another thing too, right? So you had both these guys start the game. Uh, both of them had some really good reps. Elam was was fantastic. Bedford had his his had some really good moments. He had one moment where he got burnt badly by Alec yeah. Pierce. And that's uh, gonna happen. It, it's gonna happen to any to every DB. Every DB is gonna happen, yeah. right? But for the most part, when they did go after him, he was down. Man, he tried to he he actually tried to get he got bullied. Well, it looked like. Um, what do you call Pittman tried to bully him off the line. There was a play where he tried to bully him off the line. And my guy Bedford reestablished his feet, got inside, anchored down, 
got in position, bat the ball down. And that's on Pittman. Pittman's a big fella. So he is I big. love that that 61190 frame from Benford came in um and showed showed out. I like that. But one of them is gonna have to step up because at one point you got Dane Jackson that had a rest day, or um, so who knows how they feel about you know say where he lies. So if Dane Jackson's got one, somebody's gonna have to step up. And obviously, because we drafted Elam in the first, he's obviously gonna get that look. But Bedford did look excellent. So uh, it is going to be very interesting to see when Trey White comes back, how things play out and who really steps their game up. So I'm looking forward to it. Like you can have, you can have a really good first, first day. Like it's like, it's like golfing. Are you ever, do you golf? I do. I do. You I'm not do? very well, good, but I do well, golf. I do. Well, I'm like, not I'm very like, good, but I golf. I'm like you. So let's just say we're hitting, we're doing nine holes. All right. And there are moments where your first three holes, man, you feel freaking great. You feel fantastic, yo. That it's was normally how it goes. <laughs> you had a first, you had a great drive. Then you take out, you know what I'm saying? You're what? Like you're 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 not far, you're not too far. You take your, you know, your seven, your iron, pop, pop that is right onto the green. And you know what I'm saying? Great putt, right? Three holes, you do that, and you're like, man, this is gonna be a freaking great day, right? But guess what? You got the first three holes. You got six more holes if you do nine, right? Let's just say we're doing nine, right? So this is it. We had a first game from Elam and Benford. Awesome. Y'all had a great drive. Y'all had a great chip. Y'all putted that on in three. Great job. But guess what? You got now you got another three. So you got another game coming up. So we need to see that consistency. We need to see that you do that again. And now you're going up against some some dogs now. You got Jerry Jerry. You got Jerry Jerzy on that squad. Uh, you got a nice quarterback. I'm sure they're gonna get Russell Wilson to get on some there. So we're gonna see a little bit more. So I'd love to see. Uh, how these guys perform now going into, you know, I mean, holes, you know, what I'm saying three to like four to six, see how that plays out, right? There's three, there's three um, exhibition games that we're going to have or preseason games. So I want to see if these guys can, can bring that back again. If they can, well, shoot, we're in, we're in the money because we have Elam for long-term. Kyrie showed up, Benford showed up. I'm looking forward to it. Dane Jackson right now probably is cornerback one until trey comes back then we'll see what what how these things play out so sergio chavez what did sergio just say there uh i'd like to see how they do against Rutley. you damn right let's ride man russell's gonna be all all over that man i'm looking forward to it uh here's another thing how do you feel about that old line play in the preseason game uh mm -hmm. so you know so i saw a little bit in the preseason game i'm actually tonight or tomorrow i'm gonna actually like rewatch the full game on the 22 film on uh, the coaches film and stuff for sure but uh, I, I thought it was solid. Um, you know, when you're really looking at the O-line in general, it's really hard to make a, a full assessment because, you know, those are the second teamers going up against most of the first teamers on the Indianapolis Colts roster. Uh, you had guys like DeForest Buckner, et cetera, in there. And like they, they, they had DeForest Buckner, who is an all-pro interior defensive tackle, going up against our straight backups. Yep. So, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but I thought they did okay. I thought at points in times Keenum, you know, was, you know, going, going around in the pocket, not looking comfortable. The line didn't hold up here and there, but overall I thought it was good enough, uh, you know, to move the ball here and there on offense. I thought it was shaky at points in times, but I thought it, it did, it did its job. I thought they played really well on the first drive of the game. Uh, where the Bills not bad. They, held up. they held up when they, when the bills went down and got into the red zone, in my opinion, that that was a scoring drive, but we just decided to go for it on fourth and four. I don't think we right. do that in a regular game. We take our three for sure. But we do it for you. 
nonetheless, it was preseason, and I thought the backups held their own against the Colts starters for the most part. Um, but it, it's really, it's really kind of hard to, you know, to to really assess, assessitate it. I guess. No, no, I totally get that. And listen, and this game is crucial because guess what? We got to be down to another five players that are going to be released, right? So we just did our our uh, our cuts today. So we got from we from ninety men down to eighty five. So by the twenty third, we got to go from down from eighty. Uh, we got to get down to eighty. So we got to cut another five players. So. This is why these games are crucial. I mean, it sucks because they have one less preseason game to kind of really show what they got. Uh, but nonetheless, you've got uh, you got five more. And then once after that, man, then you got to get down to your 53. That's when it's going to get really tough. Uh, this off the cuff. Do you see any surprise players getting cut? Like someone where you're like, I guess I could see it happen, but I really didn't see that one coming. Is there someone um, that's getting to you like, okay i could see this happening so i'm, I'm looking at the uh the actual guys that are still left on the roster right now yeah realistically only players i could see getting cut where it's a surprise and it kind of shocked some guys man i'm trying i'm trying to think here man i would the only player i can really think off the top of my head you know it's right on the cusp maybe shaq lawson i was thinking the same i was thinking yeah. the same and that, not because, because go ahead no, you know, what I mean, it's just because th this roster is so like so deep that you kind of already have your fifty-three, right? It's you really you much really have already, it in place somewhat. Yeah, really, you really already have your fifty-three, and then there's I don't want to call them camp bodies because I don't like using that term. I get you. I know. What you just, mean. Then there's just a lot of guys that are there. Like I call yeah. them a jag, just a guy. They're just a guy just to kind of be there, right? So you know, you have all these players, and Shaq Lawson's kind of on that on that cusp. You know, we brought bring bring Shaq Lawson back, you know, yeah. after his little stint going from the Jets and the Dolphins. And then now, you know, he, he's done a little bit in camp, hasn't done too much, had a decent first game back in preseason, but nothing too crazy. But at the same time, the only reason I don't know if we're going to cut him or not is because we don't really have too many defensive ends that would really replace him. The only guy I can really think, maybe Mike Love. Uh, but Mike Love's kind of like a practice squad guy. So that that's just kind of where I suscitate that. Maybe we bring in another free agent, well, but... And here's the funny thing. I like Mike Love. Mike Love has been on this squad for some time now. They like him. Uh, obviously, he's had some too. unfortunate injuries. Um, and uh, I think he'd be a solid addition to the squad. But here's my here's here's the reason that I think they keep Shaq Lawson. I mean, really, it's going to be between if they have to make any glaring releases or trades or whatever the case is. It could be on the D-line. And it might be AJ Epinesa. Do you go youth over veteran veteran guys right do you keep a Shaq Lawson that gives you veteran ability that's been there before and knows what you know I mean what you want out of this team and etc cetera, etc cetera? or do you go with the youth it's a youth movement right once Von Miller leaves uh is back to the youth movement but you still want some veteran guys so that could be that could be an angle that could be taken um I'm looking at uh surprise cuts if you go to the receiving room do they love Isaiah McKenzie do they love Kalush Kier uh, and I, I don't even want to mention this, but like, do they, do they love these guys enough that they say, well, shoot, we brought in Crowder, but like, I guess we could, we have, we have the ability to move on with this young crew. Um, and Crowder's 28, he's 28. So, I mean, he's not, he's not over the hill whatsoever, but maybe they just go by chemistry. Like, what has worked out? So that's why I'm looking forward very much to seeing what 
what my guy brings. And I think Crowder could really be a difference maker for the squad. I really don't want to see it, but surprise cuts. That's what I'm looking at. Surprise cuts. I can't see them going anywhere else, man. I think a lot of the times, like you said, this team's already pretty much set. It's pretty much set. There's going to be like 14 guys that they're going to be looking kind of really going through because 36 of them, you already know what's good. And then 14 is questionable. I don't want to say this is a surprise cut, but this could be a guy by the end of preseason or maybe even sooner simply just gets moved. Um, since we're on the topic, I, I think that's Jay Kumaro. I think I think Kumaro might get moved. And you, you, you know, there's been a lot of speculation. You think, of, enough, you think there's enough? Like, who's trading for Kumaro? Not that he's a, a not that he's not, not a not a not a dog, not a player. But like, are you really trading for Kumaro? The the Green Bay Packers are going to trade for Jay Kumaro. I I think there's a chance that the Packers throw out a seventh or six round pick for a guy like Jay Kumaro, or maybe it's a player swap because you have to look at the Packers roster. I believe Christian Watson just got back from injury. Sammy Watkins basically is a day to day player every single week. Always. Uh, you're right. Um, then you have oh Romeo Romeo Dogs. I'm pretty sure his name is. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs and just some other player, um, Alan Lazard, et cetera. Like you got some players over there, but you know what Aaron Rodgers likes. He likes Jake Kumro. He has sp- spoken about about him in the presser a lot. And I'm not saying we're gonna get rid of Kumro, but I think there's a chance and a possibility that Kumro maybe gets shipped out to Green Bay. Well, because I'm saying I'm saying this for this reason because I think Isaiah Hodgins has made a lock on this roster. I think he's a lock. I think Hodgins. I, is I a agree. Lock. I, he's a lock as well. Um, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of challenge you a little bit. Uh, if okay. we were going to trade someone, value wise, you think it'd be the younger receiver in Isaiah Hodgins. If you're gonna move someone, because you put him on that practice squad, chances are he probably gets poached. So like, if you you think you can get someone, there's more value in in Hodgins than there would be in Kumro. I'm just keeping it a buck here. I just, I just can't, I can't see it. Um, but if we're gonna move, what, someone, what is Hodgins' value though? It's probably a six-round pick. Like I don't think Hodgins maybe if holds that. as much value. So, but when, when you're, when you're is what's on his what is on his side? What is he, like twenty-four years old? Twenty-five? Probably not. Even? Probably not even. Um, and the thing with Hodgins is he holds more value in Buffalo than Jay Kumaro does. But when you're looking at it as a whole, when you're looking towards the Packers, I think the Packers are not desperate enough, but to fulfill the needs of Aaron Rodgers, they would give up that seventh-round pick that might not even make their roster to go get a guy who not only solidifies Aaron Rodgers' feelings, but makes their receiving core just a tad bit better. So I put, think that yeah. go ahead. I think I think that holds the truth right there. Let me put you on the spot then. And I'm gonna put myself on the spot too. If the you've got Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, Khalil, Crowder. In my opinion, those are your five. Okay. Number six. Hodgins. So you're with me. You take Hodgins over Kumro. Easily. I think Hodgins is a lock. I, I don't think Kumro has done enough to solidify himself with a roster spot on this team. That fumble didn't help. I think Kumro is a fine receiver. I think Kumro um, is valuable. I think he's good on special teams, but you also got to think Hodgins was getting special teams reps as well. He was. So it's not, it's not out of the ordinary for a guy like Hodgins to get special teams reps and bolster that up up for his chances of making the roster. I think that I think that only boosts his chances. And it does. And I think it does too. And uh and I'm I'm with you, man. Hodgins, like 
Listen, man, when we brought Hodgins and Gabe Davis the same draft, Hodgins was supposed to be the more likely to succeed on this squad until he got hurt. And then he made the roster, but then they put him on the on the pup list, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, and they kind of stashed him. So then Gabe Davis kind of like took his opportunities. Whenever he got on the field, he did what he needed to do. And then he exploded last year near the end. So now this year is supposed to be huge, but like that was supposed to be Hodgins. So I think they see that. And Hodgins is now starting to become himself. No injuries. He's looking good. He's looking refreshed. And uh, he looked good in the games, right? And uh, to me, to me, it's uh, that if you go receiver six and you're really trying to keep a nice receiving core that your quarterback likes and and does what they're supposed to do, and if you and you you have enough depth at special on uh, special teams, I mean, we do have enough depth for crying out loud. Like really though, Matic. We have a lot of guys, dude, man. Saran Neal. Like what? What more? Ta- Taiwan Jones. What more do you want? Like you got dogs. like you also have Terrell Bernard, Balen Specter. Those guys play special teams. Yeah, when he comes back, right? Like, like how many players do you need? And I see like Mike uh, Hartle here asked if we could keep seven. Like, I don't think the Bills are going to keep seven receivers this year, Uh, even though the NFL is. Yeah, they're not. Even though, like, good. Yeah, even though the NFL is, you know, becoming more pass happy every season, and you would like as many receivers as you can, you know, on your roster to you know feed the play to your quarterback. The thing is. You know, we have a lot of corners on this team that are valuable, and you have a guy like Trey White out. Why would you why would you not want as many corners on the depth chart as possible? You know, there's also guys on the depth chart like Cam Lewis, Sarah Neal, Nick McLeod, safety corner. Yeah. Um, and then you, you obviously have Benford, Elam. Like you you, you want to keep all these guys. You, you don't you don't want to let all these guys go because Cam Lewis, like all these guys can play. There you go. So to me, to me, that's 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 a crucial one. So Special teams is a little overrated for my guy for him to make the squad uh, just because because he does special teams. Well, so do a lot of the other players. So where's your value going to be on this offense? Is it with Kumaro? Is it with Hodges? And to me, you go with the youthful guy. Hodges. You go with the guy that you drafted. You brought him to the squad and you go from there. Sergio Chavez, what's up, my guy? He goes, hey, guys, who makes this team, man, but barely and is let go when Trey White is activated? Uh, It's tough to say now. It's tough to say now. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, go without saying that they don't, they will construct this offense, uh, knowing that when Trey white comes back, this is the guy we got to let go. Uh, and that's, that's your bottom guy. Your 50, your, your 46th to 53rd player, um, pick one, you know what I'm saying? It's tough to say who will let go. It won't be anybody that's like, where you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe we did that. You're gonna be like, Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. It was it. There's a guy that's going to make this team. We're like, okay, so that's the guy that they're going to probably let go. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how this play. We'll see how this plays out because it's a lot. It's it's early. It is early. Once you get down to 85, excuse me. Once you get down to 80, once you cut players from 85 to 80, you know, what I'm saying cutting cutting a little bit more dead weight, if you will, then we'll start to kind of really dive into like, all right, so where are we going with this man? How many linebackers are we actually keeping? Okay, how many corners are we keeping? How many old linemen are we keeping? Do we like the linemen that we have now? Are we going with nine? Are we keeping nine linemen? So are we keeping eight linemen, a defensive lineman? So that's where the most important depth is that we're going to keep is in the trenches, obviously, and then uh, some special teams trench. But, I mean, some special teams uh, uh, fillers. But, I mean, dude, it's uh, it's early. It's early. So we're going to chill. Let's wait till actually, you know what I mean, after game two, once they get down to 85, now you can kind of start deciphering, okay, where, where are they going to go? Where do you think they're going to go? 
Um, but Isaiah Hodges to me, I'm with you, man. Uh, Hodges makes a squad. Um, let's uh, let's jump into uh, player props. No, not player props. Excuse me. Kick return, power return. Wide freaking open. Wide open. I Tavon Austin wasn't playing last week, so I'm sure he's he's gonna try to get it get on the field, and they're gonna put him back there. But dude. Wide freaking open. You had everybody freaking return the football. Dude Johnson was returning the football for like, like fam, like everybody was, man. So like James Cook, James right. Cook, everyone was returning it, right? So I'm curious to see who steps up and who do I like back there? Because I mean, even I don't know if you saw this clip, but there was a clip where you had um Stefan Diggs as a rookie returning punts. And doing his damn thing, and he was really doing it, man. He was an exciting, and he was an exciting uh, return guys for it. So, is James Cook gonna be our guy, especially because we have Devin Singletary and the likes of uh, Zach Moss? Could it be? I can't see I, Taiwan. I can't see Taiwan being back there. Um, Tavon, we don't know because he didn't play last week. So we, we don't know what's going on with that. Is it gonna be Isaiah McKenzie? Is that, is I don't think it. I don't over? think it is. It's gonna be Khalil Shakir. Do they trust Khalil back there? Is as a receiver four or receiver five? Like this thing is wide freaking open. So, in your opinion, who has an edge? The edge to take the the the, the lion's share of these of these returns. Yeah. So it really is an interesting battle. I mean, it's like you mentioned the most wide open battle on this roster. Um, like you mentioned, we've seen guys like Raheem Blackshear take returns. Ooh. Duke Johnson, who looked pretty solid returning the football last week. He had two nice returns, you know, showing his veteran abilities uh, as a returner. You got James Cook, who took some returns. Isaiah McKenzie, who has done returning. Uh, Micah Hyde, who has returned as well, but I don't think he does that. I don't like that. You have Marcus Stevenson, who as of right now is dealing with an injury, and as of right now, probably won't be ready for week one, and he might have to start the season on the pup list. But, like, the, the guy, who, in my opinion, who kind of has the edge right now from an actual returner standpoint, I would say Duke Johnson, but I just don't think Duke Johnson has the chances of making the roster on, like, this other guy, and that's James Cook. I think James Cook slash Khalil Shakir right. might be the one, the two guys that might be, you know, doing returns. Maybe one takes punt returning uh uh, duties and one takes kick returner duties. Um, I mean, we, we have seen James Cook look look okay. He looks solid as a returner in his one go. Uh, Shakir didn't really have too much to work with. Uh, you know, when he caught the ball, he really couldn't go anywhere. But, I mean, you probably would do that with one of your young guys. And it's not like we are throwing James Cook into a role right away as a rookie where he's getting 20 touches a game and he's going to be a returner as well. He's probably only going to be seeing five to five to eight touches in the first few weeks each game. Yep. Why not give him the return role? Same with Kolo Shakir. Kolo Shakir like is like, your fourth get, and fifth receiver. Like, why not? Get the, get, I mean, get these guys, get these young guys, young, but, and that's what it is. It's a young man's, young man's position back there. Before yeah. you establish yourself as a starter, you got to start, you got to start somewhere. So maybe it's James Cook, maybe it's Khalil, but somebody's got to step up at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. Cause nobody's really said I'm that dude. Stevenson, probably had the edge because that's why they brought him onto the squad because of his ability to return kicks and punts and all that good stuff but but he's injured exactly so somebody's got to step up who is going to step up in this return battle james cook might have an edge just because he's the rook but i mean they also drafted him in the second round so like do they want to put that put that on him 
Um, or did they go with Khalil and say, yo, Khalil, you got this, man. And he did it. At, he did that at Boise. Is that Boise? Did it not? Excuse me. Is it Boise that he went to? Try to get his... Uh, I think so. It was Boise yeah. or Baylor. I think it was Boise. He did it at Boise. Boise. State. He did that Boise. So, shoot. Get it together. Get back there and let's go, man. Let's 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 ride. <laughs> In the words of my man, Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson, baby. <laughs> let's go, man. Uh, folks, if you guys are tuning in for the first time, do me a favor. Smash that like. Uh, if you have not subscribed, subscribe to this channel. And and for those that um, I have no idea who we are, we we are the Buffalo Fanatic. This is my guy, Ev, um, and uh, I'm your host, Rico. And uh, we are here every week and on post game to break it down for you guys and give you guys that. Um, I guess we can call it uh, therapy, right? Bill's therapy. Because sometimes it is, man. And sometimes it is therapy. It's good to talk about these things. So uh, the yeah. Bills don't want to know they've extended their their streak to nine and zero in preseason. Uh, it's a lovely thing. I mean, geez. Nine and zero. I mean, nine and zero preseason doesn't count, but it makes a difference, man. You start kind of getting that winning attitude, and and start building off of that. And you could tell these guys cared. They didn't care that like ah, it's just a damn, it's just a preseason game. Who gives a damn? No, no, no. You saw I can't. You saw care. These guys, these guys battled back to make sure that they had this thing, man. So good on them, man. Good on them for real. Um, so we're gonna go into whatever. We're forty eight minutes in. We're gonna go to player bets, player props. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with player props. And um, just to give you an example, Josh Allen's one of them. And the over-under on Josh Allen's yards, passing yards, is 4,320. Are we 0.5? We'll say 0.5, right? Are we, are we good with Josh Allen on the over for 4,320 yards passing? Um, Evan, I'll, I'll start first. I don't know if he's shooting for forty three hundred over. I don't. I'm not. I'm not taking that. I'm gonna go under. I think he's. I think he's. Uh, he. I think we're gonna be more of a balanced offense this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we're gonna be a more balanced offense. I think we're gonna run the ball a little bit more. Um. So him having those big huge games. Uh. I don't know if it's gonna happen this year. I know that we're going to be a crazy offense and it's 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 nutty. But I think we're gonna be more balanced in running football. Um, and don't forget, he runs the football himself. So 4,300 yards passing, I say under. What say you, Evan? I say the over, man. You say the over? You know how you smash that bell? You know, when yeah. people subscribe to the channel? I'm smashing the over on Josh Allen's. Smash uh, that over. Okay. Over under passing yards uh, for 4,320.5 yards on the season. I think I think he hits it pretty well. I I have the hot take. I think I think Rev has this as well. I'm kind of piggybacking off of him. Josh or that Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis both reach 1,000 yards. Wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Isaiah McKenzie cracked 650 or almost 700 yards. Then you got Dawson Knox, who's also a vertical threat as um, a tight end. But this the reason why the reason why I have the Josh Allen cracking, uh, you know, this prop and smashing it right. Right is because of the players we brought in with yak ability. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills were basically dead last last year with yards after the catch from their receivers. Now you have more of an upticked role with Gabe Davis, who I would argue is a better yak receiver than guys like John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders. I believe that Isaiah McKenzie is one of the most underutilized yak players in the league. I think he can do phenomenal things with the ball in his hand. And then you got to also look at the fact of James Cook. James Cook is going to be utilized as a weapon next year. He's going to be utilized as a weapon. 
I think more than Isaiah McKenzie was utilized as a weapon. So with all those things taken into account and the fact that Josh Allen is just a dog and he's going to be doing dog like things, throwing mm-hmm. the ball 75 yards downfield on a, on a, on a rope. Uh-huh. I think Josh easily gets over the 4,320.5 passing yards uh, prop bet. I think he cracks. I think the, I think the prop bet should be 4,500. I think Josh Allen's going to crack 4,500 yards. this 4, upcoming yards. season. So forty five hundred yep. yards. So the, if he if he's cracking forty five hundred yards, he's he's giving you two hundred sixty four yards a game. Two sixty seems modest. That's damn good. Two sixty. I mean, I'm with it. Don't forget, we drafted. I mean, and, and this is why I believe he'll be under, not because he's going to regress. It has nothing to do with that. I think we're just going to be more polished. I think we're going to be more balanced, right? We brought in double tight end. We brought in Doss. I mean, obviously we have Doss. Not running OJ Howard. Now you're going to see a lot more of that phase. We drafted another running back, right? James Cook, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Bam. Like we don't have we like we would have moved on from one of these guys at least, but we got them. So we wouldn't have gone to the running back or felt happy about it. So I think they're they're going to be trying to establish more of a run game so we can control clock more. I mean, we can score at will if we want to, but I think we want to be more balanced because last year there were a time where we weren't doing diddly squat in the run game. And guess what we had to do? We had to run the heck out of Josh Allen. We had to run the heck out of him. And that put us at risk to get him hurt, right? So I don't think they want to do that as often. So we'll see We'll see how this plays out. So I like it. Forty. If it's 4,300 over, shoot, don't get me wrong. I love that. I was just going by, I think it's going to be more balanced. Um, but I like that. You, went, you say 4,500 over. I like that. Here we go. Touchdown passes. Josh Allen. 34.5, 34.5 passing touchdowns. I'll let you start. Um, I think he hits the over as well. And I know you guys would be like, oh, he's just being that biased Bills fan, whatever. But like, but like realistically, the expectations coming into the season, Josh Allen probably has the biggest chip on his shoulder out of almost any player in the NFL. He's going to be lights out, lights out uh, in almost every single game he's going to be playing. I think he's gonna be coming into every game with a different attitude, mentality, Damn, and foresight. So I right. I mean, I'm I'm for it, Dave. I'm for it. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, total, I don't know about passing, but that would be awesome if he did. But 34 and a half kind of seems low to me, does it not? I agree. I think it's I think it feels low. Um, although he may not he may not light it up in the sky as I think he won't. Uh, I mean, it's so weird for me to even say that because I know he will, but I think it's gonna be a little more balanced. However, we might be in position in the red zone where we run the ball so damn well. I can just toss that in the end zone, right? The run sets yeah. up the pass, and boom, we got it. So 34 seems a little low. Uh, I'm definitely taking that over. I'll, I'll even go tougher. Are you 40 touchdowns, 40 and over? I would say more 37 and a half. I think that's half? more okay. of a fair, a fair assessment because if you want to look at the total touchdowns for Allen, and let's say it's 45 or like 43.5. Yep. I think I think Allen's more on the ropes of passing for 37, rushing for eight, somewhere along those lines. So I think Allen cracks the 34 and a half. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of uh knocking him a little bit. I I, I think that's kind of a shot towards Josh Allen. Because that's when we look at Josh, it. yeah. I mean, like realistically, I, I mean I don't know for the other players like Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes and Brady, but I, I would think theirs is higher than 34 and a half. I mean, am I, I wrong? I, I, I don't know. He, he crushes that. I think he's over that for sure. I think he crushes I that. Think I think a little disrespectful to Allen. I, <laughs> I think he cracks it. 
I think he's at 40 touchdowns. I think he's at 40 touchdowns this year. Because don't forget, they have these uh, that little shovel pass where if Isaiah McKenzie comes in and it looks like it's like it's just a forward handout, it's a shovel pass, man. That counts towards uh, his ability to you know me getting that touchdown. So uh, I think I think Sergio, I'm with you, man. 38 minimum, 38 minimum. I think he's he's there. I think he's there. Let's go to uh, next one. Rushing touchdowns for Josh Allen. Rushing touchdowns. Seven and a half rushing touchdowns. I need everyone's thoughts on this because last year, what do you have? What eight or do you have nine last year? I'll look it up. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't mind looking that up, because I know like the last few years he's been killing it in terms of rushing touchdowns. I think he had like nine, eight or nine last year. Um, and I don't see that stopping. Um, so seven and a half rushing touchdowns. What say you, chat? Are you in on that, or are you saying, yo, I'll take that under because I think. They're going to give these, these footballs to Isaiah McKenzie with a gimmick. I think they're going to give Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, James Cook. Like, they've got the backs to hand off to give them those things. So, I don't need Josh. I think Josh had six touchdowns last year, actually. He had six. Yeah, yeah I six. just saw yeah. it. In my mind, I'm like, wait a minute. I do know that because nine was last year, and he dialed down a little bit to six. So, uh, six last year, and I think it might be around the same or less. So, seven and a half for me. I'm going to take the under. What say you? Damn, the only opposite is your 10 plus? Sheesh. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Sergio and you here. I'm going to have to go, you know, under. Uh, now, I think Josh Allen has the capabilities of rushing for over, you know, not even 7.5 touchdowns, but 10 plus. I, I think he easily could if Ken Dorsey wanted to scheme that up for Josh Allen. Yeah. But one of the main reasons why I think Josh Allen is going to rush for under 7.5 is uh, a player – that just doesn't get talked about uh, that much, in my opinion. And that is Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is going to get an uptick role in the red zone this year, I whether agree. that's receiving the football or rushing football. I think I think Zach Moss is going to take away uh, from Josh Allen's rushing totals and kind of affect them a little bit fantasy-wise for rushing touchdowns. So that's this kind of what I think about it. I like it. So let, let's go to the running back room. Um, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. They're telling us that Devin Singletary rushes for under – 700.5 yards. Is he? I mean, he ran for what? Eight, 800 yards? Just, uh, just nine? He nine ran yards. for 870. 870, right? And he, he ran for that in his rookie year as well. Uh, Give or take, 872. So I'm looking at this, man. Devin Singletary rushing for over 700 yards this year. Now, keep in mind, everyone's talking about how good Zach Moss looks. He's refreshed. He's not... He's not hurt. He looks he looks like a different gamer. He looks like the guy that we drafted that we need him to be. Then you go ahead and draft James Cook. So where are you going to get 700 yards rushing when you got Zach Moss that's going to be stealing your carries? And on top of that, you got James Cook that's in the fold. 700 yards rushing for Devin Singletary. Over or under? I'll let you start. Um, I'm going to have to agree with uh, my guy Pierre here, right? Put some respect on the RB1. As of right now, Devin Singletary is the RB1, and I think he cracks 700. I don't think he blows it out of the water. I think he cracks 700. Um, obviously, like, Donut right here says over 750. I think that's kind of where he's going to sit uh, because you you got to look at this backfield. This isn't last year where it was Devin Singletary for the majority stretch of the end of the season. This is a, a running back. I don't want to say it's a running back by committee now. but It's this, a running back this, by committee. Okay, it's basically a running back by committee. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Devin Singletary, who's kind of your first and second down back. 
And then you have James Cook, who is your third down back. And then you got Zach Moss, who is your red zone back. Um, heck, if Duke John make the roster, he could be doing some things as well. Plus, you might have Austin Knox back there, McKenzie, Reggie Gilliam, per se. Um, Allen might be just in five wide a lot. We don't, we simply don't know. So it's going to be interesting. I think OJ Howard even lined up as a running back the other day in preseason. Yeah, I saw him back down there. So, so you get, so you got a lot of variations of throwing guys in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think Devin Singletary is going to crack those huge numbers we might want out of a guy. Uh, but I think he will get over 700 just because I think he takes a majority of the carries in the beginning of the season. Yep. So maybe by week eight or week nine, he's sitting at 500 yards realistically that that's that's possible so at that point as singletary you might just have to have 30 yards per game get to your your little 700 mark on that prop bet. well you know what they, they so, say he's got to get 42 yards rushing 42 yards rushing a game that's, that's all he needs but and he's had some good burst he's had some great burst in training camp thus far so maybe it, all it takes is a few big runs to really bolster those numbers so and evan i'm which this is a tough one because i I like Devin Singletary. I really do. I think we all like Devin Singletary. I don't think anybody that any Bills fans not sitting here going, man, F Devin Singletary. We don't. We love Devin Singletary. But we did bring a whole lot of guys in. Now, if we didn't bring anybody in, I could say it's just Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. I could say, all right, cool. I can see him getting close to a thousand yards again. I can really do, I can really do see that. Um, but that's not the case. We brought in another running back that's gonna be wanting to get some touches alongside. With Zach Moss. So 700 yards, like you 42 yards, 42 yards a game. I mean, to me, that's a that's a cakewalk for Devin Singletary. So depending on what role they have, they have Jane Cook and how they plan to use him. And we all know our guy McDermott is not a really big on, you know, what I mean throwing rookies in and doing all that. So I'm gonna go on a limb and say over 700. I think he goes over 700. I think he's gonna be in that 800 range i mean 60 yards a game i think he's going to be that guy um 50 55 to 60 yards a game so give give me that over on devin singletary rushing i think he's i think he's motivated man this is going he's going into year four folks he's going into year four he's motivated as ever he's trying to get that bag so nobody's getting a bag if you're running for under 700 yards how are you supposed to get the bag that's not going to happen so he knows what's at stake not only getting the bag but if you don't get retained by the bills, somebody else is going to have to see value in you and give you money. 700 yards doesn't do it. So he's got to really do it. So I think he's going to be over. I think he's going to be motivated. I think that that's what happens for our guy, Mr. Devin Singletary. Let's move on to the, to the next. Um, I believe that's Stefan Diggs. Diggsy. So Stefan Diggs, receiving yards, 1,200.5. 1,200.5 for our guy, Diggs receiving yards now keep in mind now we talk about <laughs> what's good Heather what's good we talk about um you know I me mean? Josh Allen having Kalu Shakir now he's got Jamison Crowder he's got Isaiah McKenzie he's got Gabriel Davis everybody talk about Gabriel Davis is gonna just go off right so and just two not too long ago you were sitting there saying hey we're gonna have two receivers go for a thousand yards over both so I'm let y'all let you start receiving yards for Stefan Diggs 1200 yards. Now, what did Stefan have last year? Didn't he? I know he cracked a thousand. 12, it, I think it's 1250, somewhere yeah, around that, those lines. I mean, if you want to look it up real quick while, while right I'm now. talking about yeah, it here, yeah, I'll look it up. Um, so the prop up prop bet on Stefan Diggs receiving yards basically 1200. We'll add the 0.5 for just a little, you know, dramatic relief. Okay. 
but you know, Stefan Diggs having that prop at of twelve hundred yards, I think he gets it. I think he gets over uh, by a pretty sizable margin. I mean, you're coming in to a new offense essentially. With I, I wouldn't say a completely new offense, but it's got the Ken Dorsey touch, right? Things might be a little bit bumpy to start the way. You know, for the first mm-hmm. maybe five to six weeks, who is Josh Allen going to go to? Yeah, who is his guy? That is Stefan Diggs. No, I'm not saying Stefan Diggs is going to have this type of season all year long, but I wouldn't be surprised for the first five or six games if Diggs is averaging almost 100 yards per game. I wouldn't be surprised if Diggs is just right out the gate, just one of the one of the top receivers in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if he's leading the league in receiving yards for the first six six weeks. You know, yep. and I get uh, like my guy Kobe right here. Everyone needs to eat, but again, Ooh, everyone does need to the eat. down year. He says, but who is the outfield in this offense for the receive in the receiving core? It Talk. is Stefan Diggs. Talk. at the end of the day. When it's third down, fourth down, when a big play needs to rise, who is Josh Allen going to? He might go to get Davis, but in the back of his mind, he is going to Stefan Diggs. I mean, you look back at last year, I know we were playing the jets, but there's like three plays in a row that really signify in the back of my head. We were in the red zone. And Allen throws three straight fade balls to Stefan Diggs. Yeah, he did. First time, didn't get it. Second time, didn't get it. Josh is like, all right, we're going right back to him. That's my guy, Stefan Diggs. Goes right to Stefan, catches the touchdown. Stefan Diggs at the end of the day, end of the day, is Josh Allen's guy. He's a top five receiver in the league. He's getting paid over 20 million per year. They're gonna get him the football. Stefan Diggs will average about 75 plus yards per game next season. He's going to be doing his thing. He'll crack 1200 pretty easily. I think 1200 should be the base yards. minimum for Stefan Diggs. If he, all he has to do is get 70 yards receiving, right? 70 yards yeah. receiving. That's, that's that's him cracking 1200. So yeah, it's da- it's damn it's damn well possible. So uh, I think I'm going to go with the over 70 yards is is cakewalk uh, for for Stefan Diggs. So I you know what I'm with you, Pierre. Book it. Book it, 70 yards a game for Stefan Diggs, man, 1,200. Yo, if you guys are betting right now, take that prop bet, 1,200 yards for Stefan Diggs. Put $100 on that bitch, man. You'll get your money. I mean, You'll get your money and some. Um, let's keep it there, though. 1,200, but 8.5 touchdowns. 8.5 touchdowns for Stefan Diggs. Now, let's keep this in mind. In 2018, he had nine touchdowns. In 2019, he had six. In 2020, his first year with the Bills, he had eight. And last year he had 10. So right now, digs over under 8.5 touchdowns. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. Why, though? We're going to be spreading the wealth. James yeah. Cook addition is huge, especially especially in the red zone. Dawson Knox is looking to take a bigger, a bigger role on the squad. Khalil Shakir is going to be in this thing. Dude. I'm just saying, I don't think I think 8.5 is 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 a little rich. Although he had 10 last year, but we we just we really really came up big with uh, with the additions to this team. And Isaiah McKenzie stepping up huge is massive. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under. And it's not gonna be like like way under, but 8. I think I don't think he's getting nine touchdowns. I think he's gonna be on the between six and eight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he hits the under too. Okay. Um, I kind of I kind of have him going around the seven to nine touchdown range. Uh, last year, Diggs had 10 touchdowns. That was a career high for him. Diggs has really never been a huge touchdown uh, guy. He's just never really been the type of guy to really th- dominate you in the end zone, yeah. uh, unless you're the New England Patriots and J.C. Jackson. But at the end of the day, I mean, Stefan Diggs is a guy who's going to be getting a lot of yards in this offense. And I think 
when it comes down to the red zone. I think Stefan Diggs will lose some touches. They are going to be uh, bracketing him down, uh, probably will. with a safety at the top in a corner. And again, that's that's where Dawson Knox, you know, played well last year. That's where Gabe Davis gets open. That's where Zach Moss gets open as a receiver too. OJ mm-hmm. Howard potentially, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir. I mean, like you know, a lot of the people in the comments are mentioning, and you as well. You got to spread the wealth. I think they spread the wealth more in the red zone this year than they do downfield. Because uh, I still think Stefan Diggs is your guy that's going to get you downfield, convert third downs. One thousand. But I think when you get to the red zone, there's just too many weapons that threaten a defense like the Bills. Whether that's Allen running, Moss and Singletary Cook running, receiving Dawson Knox, you know, on a drag route, whatever. Gabe Davis on a on a on a slant inside using his big frame, whatever. Isaiah McKenzie just sweep. Like I'm just naming things because that's you. how many weapons that we can that we can just kind of throw at a defense. We're, we're loaded. We're, we're freaking loaded. Now speaking of being loaded. We're moving on to the next receiver. That's Gabriel Davis. So right now, prop bet, receiving yards, 850. 850.5 receiving yards for Gabe Davis. Are you taking the over? I think I'm going to jump in on this one. Um, I think he I think he does have a massive year this year. And I think he goes over 1,000 yards. I really do think he goes over 1,000 yards. And I'm looking at uh, what we have. I think they just have a good damn chemistry. And that chemistry built near the end of the season. You started to see more trust going Gabe Davis's way. Um, and now playoff game happens and he just absolutely goes off against the Chiefs. That's the momentum has stayed. That's that's continued right now. All you hear is how Gabe Davis has put on 15 pounds. Gabe Davis is killing the game. Gabe Davis is here. He's there. He's everywhere, man. So for me. <laughs> my man revs yo take the damn over damn it let's go dang it yeah i'm taking i'm taking the over i honestly think if he doesn't crack a thousand he's gonna be cro- close to a thousand so i'm i say he's over man gabe davis goes off this year man and if you guys are jumping in fantasy and because we're bills fans we know not everybody's gonna know about gabe davis i mean he literally he made a little noise to some folks against that chiefs game but they don't really know gabe davis like we do Jump all over Gabe Davis if you guys have an opportunity. I'm telling you right now. If Kevin's listening right now, Kevin Gerard, we're in the same fantasy league. I know you're listening. I mean, he knows the AFC East pretty damn good. So I, I can see him doing it. But I'm taking the over. I'm smashing that over for Gabe Davis at 850. Zach, I see you got me coming. You, you got me excited to say Zach. F, what you got? I'm taking the over as well. Um, I think like like I mentioned, I think I think Rev actually had this uh this hot take as well, and I and I'm joining with it. I think I mentioned that early in the show. Is it on your mom? Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the over. Is it on my mama take? I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> take revs because that is his on my mama take. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Rev. If you're if you're still listening, comment that so I can just kind of get that in my head. But I think Gabe go. Davis is a lock to get 1,000 yards with Stefan Diggs. So I think he you know smashes that over on the 850 yeah, uh, yards on the prop bet. I I think he easily gets it. Um, the only way I would see him getting under. Is a foreseeable injury, mm-hmm. uh, which I wish doesn't happen. But that, like, that's the only way I can see it because I just don't see Allen not getting the ball to Davis. I think Allen's just going to be getting the ball to Davis all year. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge season. So that's that's kind of what I see with um, Gabe Davis. And, like, I was at the Chiefs game. That 200-yard performance, four touchdowns, yeah. that doesn't come around too often. It's never happened in the playoffs with a 200-yard, four-touchdown performance. He's special. Now, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 receiver, top five receiver, but he's going to be a special player in this league. He's going to be a dang good number two for a very long time on the Buffalo Bills. 
Here, here's one. We're gonna we're gonna add this one. Uh, actually, we'll do this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot with a question. Uh, and this question go for everybody in the chat as well. So anyway, uh, receiving we say over for Gabe Davis. I think we both agree with this. Touchdowns. Now we just talked about Gabe. Uh, excuse me, um, Stefan Diggs having the under on the touchdowns. What do you say about receiving touchdowns for Gabe Davis? I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a seven and a half. Seven and a half for Gabe Davis. My brother had half that against the Chiefs. So let me just say I'm going, I'm gonna smash that over. I honestly think I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, man. I honestly think Gabe Davis has a massive year. And I think I'm taking that over because the production is gonna go a little lower for our guy. Damn, somebody said 15 touchdowns. Damn, David Coolis, you crazy, bro. Um, but I mean, it's not out of the it's not. I'm not saying that if, if it happens, I would love it. But I'm going to say this, though. I think he smashes that. 7.5? I say he's at double-digit touchdowns. Double digits because we only started to use Gabe Davis near the end of the season. We didn't really go hard at him because it was Emmanuel Sanders. Remember, it was the Emmanuel Sanders show. Emmanuel Sanders was hot. Yes. And I had him in a fantasy. He was hot for was, weeks. Oh, my God, man. Dude, dude, he, like I think it was like halfway through the season, he was at 600 yards. I was like, damn. Okay, we got some here. And then cooled off. I think we're going to go to Gabe Davis early and often, and he's going to be, and he's, and he put on weight. So he's going to be way more durable than he was. And not that we had any issues with him, but golly, he's smashing that, man. I'm, I'm double digit touchdowns over a thousand yards. And uh, I'm taking that, I'm smashing that, man. Give me that big old hammer. I'm smashing that. Bang. Give me that. You know what? Let me smash that. Let me smash that, man. He's taking that all day. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to smash that as well. And speaking of smashing, you guys can smash that like button and subscribe button. Ah, you know? well, wait a boy, Evan. Way to go, baby. <laughs> right. Um, But, yeah, I think he's going to smash the over on the touchdown marks. I think that we're, we aren't going to see a lot of design touchdowns for Gabe Davis. I mean, you know, you know those little, like, pop plays where Davis is lined up on the line and he just kind of pops out uh, behind the secondary and then he's got a kind of an easy touchdown. I don't think you're going to see that from Gabe Davis this year because the Buffalo Bills are going to be so – are the teams that are playing the Buffalo Bills are going to be so locked in on a guy like Gabe Davis so that, you know, when he's in the red zone, he's going to have to work more for those touchdowns. He's going to have to become an alpha number two. And I think, you know, with him putting 17 pounds of muscle on going from 210 to 227, I think that does a lot of wonders for him. So that, in my opinion, will elevate his game in the red zone. Just being that big body receiver in in the red zone, it's going to be hard for defensive backs to guard Davis when he's just kind of boxing them out, boxing them out inside. I like it. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do a couple more and these are not on uh, the prop bed, um, but Gabe Davis pro bowl. Is he a pro bowler this year? Oh, I see Evan kind of like, damn, I don't know. Uh, and chat, chat, talk to me. Is Gabe Davis a pro bowler? We damn sure know that. Josh Allen's probably going to be a pro bowler, most likely. Who goes to the pro bowl with him? Are we, is this the year that we just have all, it's no snub, it's not snub city anymore? Because Buffalo's used to being snubbed. Snub city. I mean, that's why I got the sweater, snub city, man, because we just get snubbed all the time when it, when it comes down to pro bowl. So does Gabe Davis become a pro bowler this year? Is he in or is he out? I'm going to, I'm going to say he's got a strong chance to push for Pro Bowl, but dude, he's going up against some dogs in the AFC for that Pro Bowl alongside his own guy and freaking Stefan Diggs. So is he in? Are you are you putting him as a Pro Bowler or it's not his time yet? 
Because we're talking about how yeah. huge he's gonna have a huge year. Well, over 10 touchdowns, over a thousand yards, you think that would be able to get you a Pro Bowl. No? Am I tripping? I just don't think it's enough for a Pro Bowl. Um, when you look at how stacked the AFC is for receivers, it is ridiculous. Um, is. Not only do you have Stefan Diggs on your own roster, you have guys um, like Amari Cooper coming over from Dallas, who I still think is going to have a big year in Dallas or uh, in Cleveland, who's the only number one. So, like, that's the type of guy you have to compete with. Um, you have Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill in the AFC East now. So, like, that's going to be something you're going to have to look for. Uh, and just, you know, the other receivers throughout the division as well. I mean, or the conference, you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Like, those are two guys Devontae who are, Adam, are phenomenal. Yeah, Devontae Adams is yeah. from the NFC now. Like, so there's just too many players. And you got Hunter Renfro. Deontay like, Johnson. I mean, how George Pickens looks like a – he looks like a stud. Watch um, out, man. Trey, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this. Like, I know this is somewhat off topic, but rookie receiver for the Titans. Traylon Burks, he could have a, a big year. He He's like A.J. Brown. He fits their system. He can have a big rookie season. So you have to look at a lot of these guys uh, throughout the AFC and just, you know, as, as much as Gabe Davis could potentially be a pro bowler, I only I think the only time Gabe Davis would be a pro bowler for the Buffalo Bills is when Stephon Diggs is not the number one receiver for the Bills. And I, I, I just truth, I truthfully mean that. Like, I I just Listen, don't think Davis I, I threw, I threw will overtake Davis him. I think pro bowl. As yeah. to see what pe- how how yeah. how much love people have for this team, and I have a lot of love, days, man. How many homers we have in the building? <laughs> how many homers we got in the building? Because not yet. Let me go through the comments. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell <laughs> you. Provo, Provo, Provo. Anyway, um, I he's not there yet, folks. I mean, there's too many. <laughs> Heather Hathaway says he's in. <laughs> Lisa, yes, he's a freaking Pro Bowl. Like, get him in there. Listen, there's too many dogs in this, and I'm not saying that that. Gabe Davis ain't a dog. Uh, and I put that out there as, as a fun question, first of all, because it's unfair. Like, you guys are like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, uh, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, like Stefan Diggs, your own counterpart. So, dude. <laughs> you got Keenan Allen, man. Mike Williams, too. So, my gosh, I'm just saying, man, like, dude, it's it's going to be stacked, man. But this is this is where you come. You, what, you seen Ghost out there? You, you Sam Darnold? No. So, I actually have a, I have a board back there with NFL teams. Okay, okay. That I have. So I was like, man, what other receivers can I think about off the top of my head in the AFC? And I look back, I'm like, oh, Chargers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Like, Dude, I mean, you got Portland Sutton in Denver. Like, I think Michael Pippen had over like a thousand years last year, man. So he had over a thousand, yeah. Yeah, man. So, like, it's uh, listen, watch out, boy. Watch out. But anyway, uh, that was a fun question. Now, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, over under Kyer Elam, four interceptions, four and a half interceptions. Over under Kyer Elam, four and a half interceptions. What do you, what do you, what say you? I'll start with you. I'll start with you on that one and we'll see what the chat says. Kyer Elam, four and a half interceptions his rookie season. Um, I'm going to have to go under. Uh, I think Elam will have a strong presence in the Buffalo Bills secondary as a rookie, mm-hmm. but four and a half interceptions is just a lot um, to ask out of a corner that young. Um, I think that when Tredavious White comes back, whether that is around October, November, or whether that, you know, might be for week one, maybe even week four, I don't know. Elam's going to have to take that step back or step into that CB2 role. So I, 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 I just don't see that. I would, I would prefer to say this for a guy like Poyer or Hyde, you know, mm-hmm. those are the guys that are going to be really 
testing the limits because you got guys like Christian Benford and Elam and Jackson who are all aggressive corners. That's when those balls get tipped. That's when the, you know, the safety step in. So I think this is more for Poyer and Hyde. I think Elam can get two or three because uh, he is so aggressive that balls might pop up and just he might have a chance. But four and a half would be really something that would be telling. I will, uh, let's, 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 put, let's put it this way. Tredavious White, his rookie season, had four interceptions. The year after that, he had two. And then he freaking exploded in 2019 with six. Um, so... I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shy away. He's a first round draft pick. I mean, we we traded up for him, and uh, I don't know about you, but when someone when they told me we drafted Tre'Davious White, I said who? I had no idea who Tre'Davious White was. So and and he had a pretty damn good year. It was between him and Marshawn Lattimore for Defensive Rookie of the Year. So he got robbed, by the way. Oh, he definitely did get robbed. Marshawn Lattimore is a very good corner, but Tre'Davious White got. This is what I'm talking about. Snub city. They just keep sitting here and disrespecting the bills and snubbing us. So uh, I'm going to freaking be bold, man. I say Kyir Elam. I really hope I'm not freaking putting my foot in my mouth, but Kyir Elam. Is that, a, is that a on my mama take? Uh, no, nah, that ain't on my mama, no. <laughs> that ain't on my mama. <laughs> I'm just saying that I said my bank could get four, four interceptions, man. Three to four interceptions. Uh, and that's that's it, man. Uh, K. Ferrer says, Rico, this guy ain't Trey White. Uh, no, he's definitely not Trey White. But you can't tell me that you knew who the Trey White was when we drafted him. You had no idea. I mean, not a whole lot of us knew. I mean, if you're a draft guy, then kudos to you. You knew. But there's no way. And there's no way you saw him getting four. So, like, this defense is opportunistic, man. And uh, I, I think he's going to be in good position because that's one thing, man. Like, if you think about it, rookie year, Dane Jackson, what do you have, like, one intercept, two interceptions or something like that? Yeah, one against the Jets, I know for sure. But he's, again, he's just in the right place at the right time. And he's not playing safety. He's playing corner. So what I mean, like, listen, man, four picks. I mean, you could do it. You could do it, man. And the way this pressure is going to be coming from this defensive front, this is one of the best defensive fronts we've had in a long time. Damn, I think. I mean, it's gonna be now. Now this is now we're getting crazy. Now I think he's going for seven. <laughs> come on, Rev, Reverend. <laughs> come on, Rev. On your mama, Rev. Come on now. Uh, somebody said Rev is drinking. <laughs> I be drinking. Yeah, but anyways, um, I like that. So. Let me just uh, so Elam, I say four, I think three to four interceptions, man. I think he can do it. I think it re I really think he comes in and because they're gonna test him, and that's the that's the opportunity, right? They tested Trey White, and Trey White came down with four. They're gonna try. They're gonna they're gonna test the rookie, and the rookie's gonna have to prove himself. So you're gonna have to grab a couple balls and make them back off and respect you. So I think he I think he shuts everybody up and says, "Yo, give me that, give me that." Now collegiately. I don't know if he how well he did collegially in terms of interceptions. I don't know he I don't think he was that high intercept. I think he had seven interceptions total collegiately. Uh, I could be wrong. So maybe he's not that. I mean that ballsy, if you will. He ain't no Jaquan Johnson, but we'll see. We shall see. Uh, defensive side of the ball. This is for he had five ints in college. Five ints. There you go. So less than seven. Um, defensive side of the ball. Sacks. We brought in Von Miller. We have second-year Greg Rousseau and Carlos Basham. We brought back Jordan Phillips. Ed Oliver's going to a monster year. Let's start with Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, over under sacks, six and a half. Six and a half over under sacks. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Is he going to give us Marcel Darius vibes last year of his, you know what I'm saying, before he gets the big contract and gets 10 sacks? Or, you know I mean, everybody shares the wealth. Six and a half sacks 
or Ed Oliver. I say he's right on that cusp. I think I'm going to push it. I think he's around that six six mark. It's just that we have so much damn talent on the squad. But if they funnel him, they funnel the quarterback right back to him, he could have a monster year. But I think you know what I'm going to have to have to pick one. I'm going to say over six and a half. What do you think? I'm over too. I think, over? Over or you just think I think he clears six and a half. I'm gonna smash it. I think he's closer to nine and ten. Okay. Um, I think Ed Oliver is gonna finally have that that quote unquote breakout season. I think he is gonna have a monster year with the additions of Von Miller and Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. I think that just makes his life a lot more easier. I think that when you have him on the field with Rosoto is right and Von Miller to his left or vice versa yeah, yeah. and Daquan Jones to his left, whoop, whoop. maybe, you know, taking two guys inside. I think Ed Oliver really could push for 10 sacks. I honestly think I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this is like a bold take, but I think Ed Oliver can hit 10 sacks before Von Miller. I think Ed Oliver is going to have a monster year. Just watching him at camp. There, there is just something about him. Just the way he carries himself on the field and the way he's, you know, going from drill to drill. There's just something that he wants this year. I personally don't know because I don't talk to him. I, I don't live with him. But there is something that he wants this season. And it is showing on the field. And I think that with Ed Oliver going going into year four, uh, you know, playing for a big contract. You know, he, he's, he's a guy that Dude, is set up. We all he has a chance to be set up for a huge contract. Heck yeah. When you're playing, this is that year. This is that year. You're right. Because this is the, this is the, the next off season is the off season for Ed Oliver to not only, you know, have a big year, but to get that type of contract. So I'm going with that Oliver 10 and a half. Let's go. Let's, you know what? Let's make the over under 10 and a half. (laughs) You're getting bold. bold. I just, I just, I just really see Ed Oliver coming into his own. And I know that the Buffalo Bills do not rotate their defensive line a lot. But Ed Oliver is just a player that is different. Ed Oliver is a player that is different. His burst, his capabilities on the field, his run-stopping ability, plus with his pass-rushing ability, is all going to be honed in coming into his fourth year. Love it. Love every bit of it, Evan. Listen, Derek Presti's like, yo, I love this kid. This kid is awesome. Listen, that's a grown-ass man. That's a grown-ass man. Don't you call him kid? <laughs> Derek Preston, I appreciate you, man. And I, and I know Ev appreciates that as well. All right, last one for me, Ev. Actually, Thanks. second last one. Um, Von Miller, the prized possession, the prized free agent. Von Miller, 11 and a half sacks this year. 11 and a half sacks this year. And I'm putting it high like that because we didn't bring this man for no reason. We brought him to close. There are 17 games this year. He's going to, I mean, if healthy, he's going to play in every last one of them. I'm saying 11 and a half because everybody's going to be getting after that. I could see him having more. 11 and a half sacks over, under. What you got? So the thing with Von Miller, I, I, man, this, this is, um, this is interesting mm-hmm. just because if Von Miller was playing the snap percentages that he wanted, I'd say over. But you also have to look at the fact that the Buffalo Bills really have not, you know, played their defensive ends that much. I'm pretty sure the highest snap count defensive end last year was what Jerry Hughes at like maybe 57, 58. And 57. Von Miller played almost yeah, 57. Von Miller played almost 70, 70% with the stint with the Rams. So, you know, that it 13% doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're on the football field, that 13% matters. Now, I know Von Miller is gonna push push for 10 sacks you damn right he is 
I think he gets 11 sacks. I think Vaughn gets 11. I think he's around the 10 to 11 mark. But I, I don't think we, we should look at Vaughn Miller for a big sack number in the regular season. I think Vaughn Miller's presence is going to be opening up things for Greg Rousseau, There's no Vaughn, or Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Boogie Basham, etc. And Vaughn's going to have the big uptick of, uh, in sacks in the playoffs. I, th- I think Vaughn explodes in the playoffs. So, I mean, if we want to look at maybe 14 sacks total for the entire regular season and postseason, I think that's a cool number to look at. But for the regular season, I think I think Vaughn gets 9 nine to 11. It's somewhere in between that range, 9 to 11 sacks. I think he gets. So he, here's the deal. Uh, Vaughn, the last time Vaughn Miller, uh, and, and let's, let's remove the year 2021, right? Uh, when it was with Denver, the split with the, between Denver and LA. The last time he had single digit sacks, uh, obviously it was 2013, he had five. And the last time it was 2019, he had eight, right? Before that, 14 and a half, 10, 13 and a half, 11, 14. So when he has a down year, he explodes for a huge year. When he has a down year, he explodes for a huge year. I'm looking for, for Von Miller with a new team, with an incredible backfield. I think he's getting, I think he's getting over. I think he's smashing the over 11 and a half. And really? I think he has enough influence uh, on this team already. He's an alpha. He's an alpha. Oh, easy. I mean, the way he's, the way he talking like, yo, OBJ this and OBJ that. And y'all, I'm, listen, I'm telling you right now, man, if they try to tell him, yo, we're going to rotate your ass. And you, he's like, nah, I'm going in. I'm a future freaking Hall of Famer. You ain't going to sit me down, man. I got enough juice. Let's go. I can't see him going with the, 50, 55% keep him fresh. Nah, man, I'm ready to go, man. Put me in the game. So 11 sacks uh, is, is that's cute, man. I think he's, I think he's in that 12, 13. I think he explodes this year. I think uh, healthier. I think he's, he's coming in, uh, coming to a, a, a new situation where it allows him to do what he does. Fam, he, he'll have multiple games where he has two sacks. He'll have multiple, multiple games with multiple sacks. I'm telling you right now, 11 and a half. That's just him. It's a welcome party, Buffalo. Welcome to Buffalo, Von Miller. How many times are we going to hear that when he gets a sack? Welcome to Buffalo, Von Miller, man. I'm telling you right now. So what? I'd say, I, realistically, I like when you said 14. 14, I love it. If he's at 14, man, that's prime Von Miller. But is he, is he, is he? <laughs> I like that, Scott Blakely. Gun, yo, nails and gunpowder, powder and gasoline, name it. I think he's going to be pouring a, a couple shots for everybody so that everybody can be on his level. I think he goes off this year, man. Like, he needs to because... You go, you go from being on the Rams squad, being on the Denver squad, kind of banged up. You're coming back. Yo, this is your opportunity to really prove what you got. Same way Stefan Diggs had to prove, all right, man, I, I kind of got myself out of Minnesota. I got to show out when I go to Buffalo. And he did. So Von Miller is going to be acting the same way. I got to show out when I come to Buffalo. They gave me the bag. I got to prove that they didn't pay me for no reason, for granted. So I got to take it. So 11 and a half sacks, man, he's smashing that boy. That. Rev says, yo, don't get me pumped, Rico. I might change my mind. Fam, he's getting that, man. There's no way. The stats are there. When he has an off year, he explodes. Has an off year, explodes. What did he have last year? Kind of had an off year. Guess what? He's going to explode. When he's got Ed Oliver in the, right next to him, he had AD next, next to him. And Ed Oliver's like a baby AD. So you got AD, you got Jordan Phillips, you got Greg Rousseau. Fam, you got freaking Jerry Hughes reincarnated in freaking Carlos Basham. Bring it, bitch. Let's go, man. Listen, you got me freaking excited, bro. <laughs> you, you, 
you got me freaking pumped up. So I'm I'm ready for Von Miller to just get after it, boy. He ain't gonna take shit from McDermott and tell him Rick. You know, he's gonna take with all due respect. <laughs> with all due respect, sir, I'm about to get that quarterback. I'll see you after the game. You brought you guys brought me to close the deal. Here I am. I'm a closer. ABC always be closing. That's why you brought me here. You didn't pay me this money to freaking rotate me with everybody else. Yo, Jerry Hughes is gone. You know what I'm saying? Mario Addison is gone. You ain't got those old guys. It's me now. You feel me? Let's go. I still got juice left in me. Let's go, man. I want my third Super Bowl. That's another thing, too. He's trying to get his third Super Bowl. He's pumped. She, you got me excited, Evan. Look at Evan's face right now. Evan's like, shit, I don't know what I got, got Rico into. But, hey, we're here now. Yeah. And last, not, last one but not least, last but not least, over under 1,950 hand claps from Sean McDermott. Over <laughs> Um, I think I, yeah, that's a lot. Um, I think Some we take the over, man. One game. <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, someone honestly in in this chat right now. I know it's a it's a tough task for you guys, but if you're at the game and you're sitting behind the Bills bench, out them. <laughs> I I want I want someone to sit there and just I have an I have a notebook right here. I just want you to tally every clap he does. Or, or a clicker, like Rico said. I think you have to do that. And we will come back to this later in the year. But I I'm think he hits you, the over on that. I think he hits the over. I, Evan, I'm with you, man, because I'm curious. How many claps does this man – and I'm talking about – I don't want to talk about warm-up. It's not about warm-ups. You can't do warm-ups. Because probably goes up to every player and goes, let's go, yeah, let's exactly. go, let's go. Yeah, exactly. You know what they do. They walk up. You guys he gets go, fly, go, five go, claps per guy. <laughs> big game to the fellow. We got to get it. We got to get it. He goes to Matt Ariza. Hey. I want some big ones. I'm, listen, I'm telling you right now, we someone when you go to the game, have some kind of binoculars. Be like Pierre the Scout. Have your binoculars and just click how many times he claps. The minute the whistle blows, pop that ball is up in the air from the kickoff. Count it. Let's see how many claps he does, man. I'd be serious, serious. But anyways, one thousand nine hundred and fifty claps for the season. I think he absolutely, absolutely obliterates that. To the moon, to the moon, like <laughs> to Bitcoin, the moon. to the moon, to, to the moon. The moon, that's you're damn right. But anyway, uh, folks, my man said, "Yo, over by freaking nine, 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 all the way up there." So, uh, folks, let it's me bring beans man. burner. Somebody said a uh, hundred, hundred per game gets you seventeen hundred. So she, he might be under. Hey, he might be under. Might be under. And the thing is, I, I think the more, the more frustrated. We have um, we, the more frustrated he is, the less he'll probably clap. It's when he's pumped and he's when we're winning and we're doing what we're supposed to do, he claps more. So, and we're gonna do a lot of winning this year. So, you know what he does? He does he does seven hand claps in a fist. That's McDermott. Oh, does he? He does he does fist pump a little. Bit. I've seen him do that sometimes. He does, he does clap, pump. clap, clap, clap. Player walks on fist <laughs> hand to the butt. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, folks, listen. Uh, that was our show tonight. Tonight was a was a kind of a little fun one. Um, I mean, it's preseason. There's only so much. I mean, we did the pre uh, the pregame chat, um, post game, excuse me. Uh, so it was it was quite nice. My man Rev Rose comes in and says, Yo, "Advanced analytics on the McDermott claps need PFF to make that happen." We might have to hit Clay Troya. Clay Troya, get on that man. Let me see how many claps my man does. Um, but yeah, me uh, quite a show. Um, we're gonna have a um, my man Rev is showing up tomorrow. He's got his show tomorrow night. So smash that like while you're there. My man Kevin Snyder says, I think Vaughn gets 14 sacks this year. I like that, Kevin. Kevin Schneider, I like that a lot. I think I'm with you, man. 14 sacks is I like it. A, a Not solid opposed to number. It. That's a solid number. 
Um, so I like that a lot. If you guys enjoyed this show, please do me the favor and do my man Ev the favor. Smash that like. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. This is what you're going to get all year round. Energy, engagement, um, and it's just a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. So uh, and if you guys aren't familiar with who we are, hit us. We are on Twitter as well. If you see my man Evan, it's at Evan H716 representing Buffalo. That's the 716. That's, a, that's the Buffalo area code, right? Yes, sir. 716. And, you know, shout out to Zach Zbot. He's the 585. So that's, that's 585 his area Rochester. And uh, here I'm representing the 902. And I've been, I'm up in Canada. So uh, there it is, guys. Hit me on my Twitter. It's the Rico underscore BF underscore. And then you got my man Evan over here. You can hit him right in that corner. Bam. You got Wait, that. Right, hit my right, man's right, up. Right. And uh, we will uh, we engage with everybody on our social media platforms, and it's always love. But uh, Ev, before we get out of here, man, because I didn't have a chance to kind of ask you uh, on last game, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but uh, I do. However, I want to know who your um, your 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 spotlight hero from last game uh, was. There anybody that stood out to you as the spotlight hero? And let me get my banner up for you. So if you show me who that is, did you have anybody that stood out to you? Um, I have a few players that stood out to me from the likes of Isaiah Hodgins. I thought Balen Specter and Terrell Bernard played well. Uh, Boogie Basham, obviously, with that, you know, that strip sack that created the touchdown for Bernard. I thought Jaguan Johnson played solid. Um, I thought Khalil Shakir played awesome. But I, I, I think the two, I, this is a 1A, 1B, right? I think the two players in general on the defensive side of the ball that really stood out to me the most and really kept this game in check for the Buffalo Bills was rookie cornerbacks, Kyer Elam and Christian Benford. And I know we talk about these guys a lot, but rightfully so they deserve it. They deserve it. They came into this game, you know, as the cornerback one cornerback too. you know, Dane Jackson wasn't playing. He was getting his rest day. So Christian Benford and Kyer Elam came into this game, uh, you know, as a CB one and CB two, and they went up against a guy and two guys in Michael Pittman jr. And Alec Pierce who are, two legit number one and number two receivers in yep. the NFL. And you're going to have that one fan saying, well, there, it isn't Cooper Cup. It isn't Allen Robinson. You know, a guy like Cooper Cup, who is a, a triple crown winner, and Allen Robinson, who was just recently a uh, consensus top 10 receiver not too long ago. It's, you know, they ain't those two guys. But, you know, Michael Pittman's a guy who's gotten 1,000 yards in the league. Alec Pierce was a second-round pick who's been highly touted by, you know, by many uh, draft draft scouts. So I think that the fact that Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford locked those two up for an entire half was huge. There were, there was two times where Benford and Elam stopped the Colts on drives on third downs to give Absolutely. the bills, the ball back. Damn and right. that is huge. You know, stopping offensives on offenses on third down is just as, just as well as getting a, an interception. It's, it's creating a turnover. And that's what, that's how good trade. That's what, that's like the biggest thing in Trey White's game. Is stopping guys on third down, and we so and we, we, talked about, go ahead. we talked about it earlier too, right? It's it's you're stopping these guys on third down, but guess what? You got more games to do it. It's not just one game, right? It's like golf, man. We got 19 holes we got to do. You know what I'm saying? So let's uh, 18 holes. Excuse me. We got to we got to make sure that we are on top of our game. We can't. You know, I mean, first nine, the front nine, you're killing it, and you think it's yo, I'm on it, and then the back nine's horrific. So consistency is what I'm looking for these guys, and right now. It showed out on their first. By the way, how's your is your golf game pretty solid? Would you say? Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna say it like this real quick. So my actual 18 hole golf game probably needs a lot of work, but if you take me to a driving range, 
when I get hot, I th- I think I could do some some work because I used to play hockey, so I kind of have that Happy Gilmore mentality, right? Mm, so you're I will, I will good. it's pretty good. I will stand eight eight to ten yards back, and I will run, and I will hit that thing a good two seventy. I will knock it. Listen um, to this guy. So I, a I Happy Gilmore play. action. I have a highlight too. Actually, I went golfing uh, the other day with a friend of mine, and my we did nine holes. It was just a quick little little sum, and I could not drive. I could not do anything, but when I made it onto the green, I hit a 12-footer to the cup. Highlight of my day. Everything was crap, but there's always, and this is what pisses me off. I don't know how we got into golf, but this is what pisses me (laughs) off about the beautiful game of golf, and it's frustrating as ever, and you want to crush these things, and you have all these old guys telling me, hey, man, you got to crush it like that, man. Just let the club do what it's got to do. Boy, does that ever piss me off. But anyway, I digress. That that 13-footer, 12-footer that I hit, Loved it. It was a highlight of my day. I freaking like, lost a couple balls, but I was on the money, man. I was on the money. It's like that one clip of Tiger Woods hitting that game-winning shot. That's probably your reaction, just like that. Dude, I the nice little fist good. pump. You, you, you walked off. You're like, yeah, I felt good. I'm man. that guy. I'm and him. that was what I think. I was, we were on the fourth hole, and the rest of the rest of the day was was trash. But that was my highlight. Golf talk is always good. Hey, if you guys are in on golf talk, I will. I will. T- and that's, it's funny thing is, I learned golf podcast the- question mark nuances i tell me i'm telling you don't don't tell don't tap me onto that i perfected my i can't say perfected i learned the game of golf believe it or not playing tiger woods golf on playstation that's how i learned it clubs the people all that stuff what this means what that means and then i just I was like yo one day i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna play it and here we are this golf who the- that's fun so fun don't disrespect this golf rico don't rico don't <laughs> this disrespect golf. this golf don't disrespect this. This golf, golf is, it's so is the fun. one where there's a, there's like a, a cylindrical thing and there's like there's like uh, chains across it and it's got to go in there. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's fun. That is fun. Omg, next thing it's fun. Talk about pickleball. Pickleball is also fun. What Don't disrespect pickleball. pickleball. Okay, pickleball so what I think I, it is, is it the little 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 um, what do you call uh, the try the the what's that what's the thing the kids jump on a freaking uh, CJ? Help me out here. Two paddles. I see. I'm. I can't. Yeah, it's 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 two paddles, and it's in a small little refined court. Pickleball. Wait, do, do you have someone to talk about it? Does he know the guy? He just, my brother in law just. My brother just told me he's a pickleball. Two. Yeah, paddles. yeah. Have him come on it. Have him come on and explain it. It's, it's a great game. Come explain it. Can you? Come on in. This is my brother in law. Come on in. Explain pickleball. pickleball. Yeah. Like. Well, it depends. You can do two or four players, but it's like they're yes. sort of medium-sized paddles. They're a little bit larger than like your standard ping-pong uh, paddle. Yeah, but yeah. And you have the uh, – it's like traditionally a yellow ball. and It's the size of like um, – And people play this game. Yeah, I play it actually with my kids every weekend, which is the reason why I popped in when I heard you talk about it. <laughs> All right, you're ready. You're done. <laughs> right. You're done. Oh, well. It's such a fun game, though. Well, nice meeting you, by the way. In golf and football, it's a freaking pickleball. That's when we're done. <laughs> Dude, my grandpa plays it, and, and he he dominates the youth. Dominates the youth. He's, he's so great at it. Oh, you're done. You're done, Evan. Anyway, please. <laughs> Pickleball, disc golf, heck, croquet. And then I dominate them all. The little trampoline, and there's those guys that play trampoline, and they got to hit the ball off the trampoline. Spike ball. That's so fun. Dude, don't. Spike What's ball. It's so fun. Spike ball. Spike ball. Okay, you're done for the night. That's it. Pickleball, spike ball, and now you want to talk about disc golf. That's it. <laughs> Don't, hey, wait, hey, Rico, 
Don't yeah. get me into my bocce game. Yeah, bocce. Boy, we're going to talk about that later. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that was our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we had a little bit of pickleball talk, a little golf talk, a little prop bet talk, a little bit of everything. And that's what you're going to get on the Buffalo Fanatics. Fun times. We can talk about everything under the sun. But the most important thing that we talk about is our Buffalo freaking Bills, baby. So that's it, man. We will see you guys again tomorrow. My man Rev is going to be show- He's going to be coming in and coming with some fire. You guys know how that goes. And then I'm back at it again on Friday. Now, here's the deal. Saturday is the game. Post game, I'm going to try and do the post game. Problem is, I'm on daddy duty. And I don't know if I could do a show with my son in my hand and do a show all day. I don't know if you guys are going to be about that because I don't, he's a pretty chill baby. I don't know if it can happen. But anyway, we'll figure it out. But we'll go from there, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our show. We appreciate you. Before you get out of here, smash that like. Follow my man Evan. Follow me on Twitter over here. Yeah, I get messed up right there. And we'll go from there, folks. Listen, big game against the Broncos. In the words of my man Russell Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, let's ride. We're going to take it to the damn Broncos, and we'll see how that plays out. Big players need to step up. Coaches got big time decisions to make. We'll see how this plays out, fellas. If you guys like the show, smash that like, subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Evan. It's your boy Rico. And we are gone. Buffalo, Buffalo, it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen, looking down the field, see no one open, so he scrambled right. He sees somebody open, but he off balance. So we gotta be focused. Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shock. 70 yards, will it be caught? Gabe Davis or Jay Crowder down the field, past the whole roster. That step digs make it so easy. Touchdown, high mark field rocking every Sunday. Got a hangover on every Monday. Get your bass kick, you know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gon' pass us? With Devin and Cook, you know we great. If you're not a Bills fan, we don't relate. Nah, Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo, it's the Mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Don Brown, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who's blocking us? No one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.